7 o'clock, Psycho sees Santa's workshop. Need this. And only Lee Majors can stop them. The night the reindeer die. And America's best-loved singer invites you to share a home-style holiday. When it's Bob Goulet's old-fashioned Cajun Christmas. Nine o'clock, IBC presents America's favorite family in a special Christmas episode. Hi, Mom. Where's Dad? Should have been home by now. Well, Wally, I know your father is out chasing beaver. Father Loves Beaver. Here on IBC, you'll love it. Quack, 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 quack. Oh, my To the enthusiasm, there. a very a long overdue episode, new episode of Duck and Yasher. There is a dog. There Hello, is Hi, Penny. Penny. Uh, we want to thank you all for uh, tuning into this newest episode. We've been away for about a month and a half. Um, the holidays in the month of January were uh, not trying times, but busy times for both Josh and I. I had some changes. Occur in my life, I got a brand new job that required me to spend quite a bit of time <clears throat> transitioning into it and getting locked down the schedule that I wanted. And thus far, things to be things seem to be going pretty great. I've officially retired from the service industry. Well, I mean, you're, um, you're serving you're, you're, in bartending yeah, specifically. Yeah. Um, I am now a, a liquor store clerk, <laughs> and uh, it's a great job. In fact, I, I really do enjoy it. Um, one of my social media accounts um, opposite Zach's Poitation is now exclusively the Bronson Liquors page. So if you're in the central Florida area, specifically Kissimmee, St. Cloud, BVL, um, <clears throat> I guess, what's another close town? It's in between like Kissimmee and St. Cloud. I yeah. Mean, There's a liquor store there. It's a big store. Um, we got a lot of great stuff in there. Take Come the check St. Cloud out. exit on uh, Turnpike yeah. and you're yeah. pretty much right Boom, there. You're right there. It's called Bronson Liquors. Um and it's been great. Um, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, getting learning a lot in that world, <clears throat> taking the time to, you know, get comfortable, get back on my feet. I'm moving again soon. Yeah. That's yeah. news. Brother's selling the old house. Brother's selling the house. I'm moving. Should be buying a car soon. So a lot of things have been happening that have been both, uh, you know, good and bad, just getting through the holidays and getting getting life back on track so that we may get also back on track with, with this. the show. So we, th we again, yeah, we thank <clears throat> you for your... Your patience and waiting for this episode. Absolutely. Specifically to uh, all of our, our super fans. Ian, I know you're going to be really happy to see a new one <laughs> pop up. He always um, asks us about it at the bar. Yeah. When's the next one out? When's the next one, dudes? I'm waiting. <laughs> um, and, and, and big, big shout out and thank you to all of our patrons who've stuck with us during the, the hiatus. Um, we really appreciate all of your contributions in, in every capacity. And the fact that you stayed with us as we get the show back on track is really a testament to your, your loyalty and to your fandom. And we thank you immensely for that. Um, as always, the show is produced by AJ Simmons. Thank you, sir. Uh, and I will rattle off all of our, our regular patrons names at the end of the show. Um, 
But in the interim time that we have had off, I'm sure that I've watched a number of, of films as well as television. Um, the Book of Boba Fett. I'm really I still enjoying. haven't caught up. I'm like, I, I watched two episodes. I haven't really, I haven't caught up. Most recent episode is essentially Bando 2.0. Is it? 2.5. Well, because they're, they're bringing back Mando for like yeah. season. Yeah, it was entirely now. his episode, though. There was barely any Boba Fett in it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> really quite good. Like, all right, we've had enough of Boba Fett. Bring him back. <laughs> There's some naysayers out there that just aren't enjoying it, talking about how they took <laughs> a beloved character like Boba Fett and did something different with them. Oh, gee whiz, here comes all the fucking groany neck beers. They ruined my childhood. No, they didn't. Your childhood is still in the past. Right now, somebody else's childhood yeah. hopefully isn't being ruined by your fucking vitriolic mouth running. I can't I can't wait for Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan, I'm really excited yeah, for. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, I hear that when the trailer drops, it's supposed to like blow our minds. <clears throat> so Hopefully. Um, I saw a trailer for Halo series today. Yeah, that's coming out on what, Paramount? On right? Paramount, yeah. They need something, right? Because I heard they lost a bunch of money, and they have really not a lot of like flagship stuff. I think the the only thing that they really have going for them is uh, the Yellowstone. Oh yeah, I think that's like their big. A lot of people draw. been kind of talking about that a lot lately. Let's see. Uh, I've been watching Peacemakers. A lot of fun. I I'm watched the that. first episode and turned it off. I wow. wasn't digging it. It wasn't really my cup of tea. There's there's some bad acting from like one or two of the people in the show that I don't like. But John Cena is not one of them. I'm no, I mean he was doing a good job. It was him. just, it was just a lot of cursing for no apparent reason, and I was just, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't feeling it that day. Bad writing, maybe. Yeah, it's just that first episode. I was like, eh, maybe it gets better. Yeah, I, I don't. I mostly don't care or even think about expletives when when it's in anything. Yeah, but it was just except a, when it's overused, it's like overused, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! I sound like a second grader. <laughs> yeah. That just figured out how to, to say, say twat fuck. or yeah. fuck or cunt, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and they just overuse it. That that was my problem with the uh, uh, Spartacus show. I thought it was whack, mostly because they just cussed so often in like really unnatural places, and it wasn't like you know I'm not like you know some Puritan or something. Oh, they said fuck too much. It's just like it just felt unnatural where you placed it. Plus, they were using that whole three hundred. Orange gold color grading on oh, everything yeah. that everyone was doing after Zack Snyder did that. Like every sword and sandals thing has that. <laughs> Got to have that color like, to it. Yeah, that <clears throat> kind of comic book overlay. I suppose. Darkness. Yeah. Uh, what else has crossed my path recently? Uh, I watched Eternals. That wasn't as bad as everyone said. It was actually kind of good, if not if not over long. Spider Man. We went and saw Spider. Oh man, Spider Man No Way that. Home. That was great. Sheesh. You haven't seen it? Go. Yeah, that's do right. It. A lot has happened since. Uh, since our last episode, because we did Greasy Strangler just before um, Thanksgiving. So even like the, the Christmas months, um, we didn't really talk a lot about like Christmas movies or anything like that. We are talking about a Christmas movie today, however, despite the fact that it's, it's coming out on the 31st. And that's because it's our show and we can do whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. We need it. You know, <laughs> and I do want to tell all the, all the listeners out there. It's like, you know, a lot of podcasts when they're done with the season, they do take like a month off. Like a yeah. lot of them do. And we actually haven't really done that before. No. You know, we, we definitely have, like, missed a couple, like, a week here or something like that. Sure. But never an extended hiatus. Well, our movie today yeah. is Scrooge from 1988. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, Entertainment uh if I can say her name. You can do it. Whitney Pasterek <laughs> called it an immortal classic and argued that it was the most underrated Christmas movie. Pasterek said that the film is both crude and sentimental, resonant and ridiculous. 
<clears throat> and ludicrous, Scrooge is the perfect holiday movie for bitter, reluctant, closet Christmas lovers. I agree. And it got 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 38% from Metacritic. It's 100 minutes long. Budget was $32 million. It made 100.3. Yeah, and while it was relatively successful, I think, in a lot of ways, it's become uh, annual watching for a lot of people for their Christmas movies. Um, I would say it's a good alternative, you know, to most Christmas movies. Because I feel like this one doesn't get talked about a lot. It is a cult classic in that sense that, you know, it did better as it got older. But um, I feel like this one gets left out of conversation long. You know, a, lot of, a lot of people it, point it to, like, does. Christmas, yeah, um, Christmas care or, like, Christmas story. Christmas story. Uh, Christmas vacation. I do love Christmas vacation. Yeah, that's probably that's one, one of my, my tops, too. But I, I could easily see this one falling into a regular annual watch. Uh, and I largely forgot about it until watching it again recently because it, it unlocks some older memories of mine that I remember uh, were frightening to me as a child. And I completely forgot, like uh, in the in the scene where he sees his own cremation. I remember, yeah, that's a I pretty fucking frightening <laughs> yeah, scene. Like. There's even some parts of the movie that make me feel like, did Tim Burton direct this? It does have a very Burton-y feel. Got some Burton feels, and the Danny Elfman music probably helped, you know, drive that one home. But it's a Richard Donner, right? I think so. I had it written down. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Richard Donner. I'm pretty sure it's Donner. And uh, I, uh, two of the editors, their last names are Steinkamp, which is almost almost like yours. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's funny because they also edited um, The Firm. Do you remember that movie? With yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise. I remember watching that one day, and it was like, Edited by Steinkamp, and I was like, "See, oh, I'm like, I'm one letter right, away yeah. from like, you know, some kind of <laughs> editing royalty or something." Everyone's just gonna think you're Jewish. Everyone already if thinks they already, I'm already anyway. yeah. <laughs> so I've got a lot of clips for this. Cool. And uh, what's great is because uh, you know when it opens up, we we have that intro that you heard at the very beginning of mm -hmm. the, the episode, right? Where you know the TV, you know, father loves Beaver, like they're chasing Beaver or whatever. Don't we all? And uh, so and then it cuts to the meeting room where we've got Bobcat Goldthwait, which mm -hmm. I, that's, I love him in this movie. Yep. And they kind of show the promo for Scrooge that's coming up. Right. And so we meet Frank Cross, which is Bill Murray, and how right. much he just hates it. Here it is. Oh, we have spent $40 million on a live TV show. You guys have got an ad with America's favorite old fart, reading a book in front of a fireplace. Now, I have to kill all of you. Mother, help me. Um, excuse me, sir. Uh, I don't want to be out of line here, but, um, well, we've been running that spot now for over a month, and... Well, it's getting a hell of a response. <laughs> I am the youngest president in the history of television for a reason. I know the people. Well, uh, granted, but the people already want to watch the show. That isn't good enough! They have got to be so scared to miss it, so terrified! Now, if I were in charge, and I am, <laughs> perhaps I can help you. 
Here's the kind of thing I would have done. Grace, cue it up. So he's with his creative team, yeah. and they had put together a promo um, for his approval. He didn't like it, so he shows his own promo that he created by himself. Yeah, I think it's Did just nobody I, else I think, know yeah, about he it. Just, he just created it, so there's like explosions. You know, there's like a gun. Like well, a that kind of makes him blast. pretty damn talented if he can go like sit and edit and write and fucking put together. He, he's been working at the station forever. Well, why does he have a creative team if he's just gonna go over their heads and be like, no, no, this is the one. Power, I, I think. Yeah, I know. I know. For the story <laughs> dynamic, dynamics was like, oh, you just, you just you go find another team and like swear them to secrecy, but like, I need you to make this one as an answer to theirs. Anyway, um, uh, Elliot Loudermilk is Bobcat Goldweight, yeah. right? And um, there's this line he says later in in the in this scene where he's like, "We don't want to scare the Dickens out of people." I was like, oh, "That's clever," because it would be what you'd be doing, right? Because uh, it's also this, and then then they. The, they played theirs before his or after? They they played theirs first. Where you see, the, like, Mary Lou Retton. Yeah, and then they see that's when he's like, oh, he wants to watch an old fart reading a book. And then uh, he, he ends up firing Bobcat. Oh, yeah, that's right. Know, and he, like, kind of times it, like, how long. It's like 36 seconds for him to get him out. Yeah. He's like, you didn't give them a raise. Um, and after which he talks to, uh, like, Robert Mitchum plays uh, his boss. So Rhinelander. I, I like this part. So yep. he's like talks about cat viewers and he's like, yeah, need more animals. And if you actually watch this whole movie, there is a lot of animals in it. There certainly are. There is. And I have, I have like almost everyone written down. I'm like, okay, there's the, Oh really? Did you catch them all? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially uh, when he meets like the boss, his boss, when the ghost first yeah. appears, you know, and mice come out of his head. Oh yeah. So it's like, you know, put, Things there for, were a for, lot of animals. There's, in this. Yeah, and especially in the in the Scrooge filming when they're filming it, you see dogs running around and stuff like that. And yeah, it's interesting. It's all the pet appeal. I guess I didn't really notice that, and which is kind of silly because nowadays there really literally is channels for, for animals. <laughs> there's like cat YouTube channels. It's just like static shots of like bird feeders and random birds. My he, cat doesn't give a shit about. You it. also get to see the Frank Cross is you know pretty, pretty much he's a Scrooge. He's a dick. Right. And he's given out his Chris his like his Christmas card or his Christmas presents, you know, his assistants asking yeah. like, you know, what should I get him? And like even his own brother, he's like, get him a towel. Do you think the name Cross was intentional because not only is he cross and, you know, stern, you know, in the sense that, you know, being cross means angry, but then cross is also, you know, religious symbolism, crucifixion, Christmas, the, crucifixion. Yeah. The rebirth. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. His middle name is Xavier, right? Yeah, Frank Xavier Cross. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sometimes naming schemes in movies can be a interesting. A little X for like Xmas. I don't know. I suppose. I don't know. Who knows? Something like that. 
Um, so pretty much, yeah. I mean, he meets the he meets uh, the producer. Uh, he makes his assistant always stay late, even though it's like Christmas Eve and stuff like that. Alfred Woodard. Yeah, he, st- yeah, he steals the old lady's cab. Oh you know, yeah, he's like, yeah, hey, I gotta go, and he just like gets in the cab. He's a dick. He insults a whole troop of uh, like street buskers. Those those among the street buskers were one was Paul Schaefer, Miles Davis, and um. Uh, David Sanborn and Larry Carlton were really? all like legit musicians and the four of them there, yeah. That's great. I also learned recently <laughs> It's Raining Men yeah. from Gloria Gaynor was also co-written by Paul Schaefer. Really? Yeah, right? Paul Schaefer did a lot of stuff. Yeah, the guy from Late Night. Letterman? Yeah, Letterman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what is it uh, in uh, um, How I Met Your Mother that she had like a crush on Paul Schaefer? You know, I never really got through that. Show. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Didn't they just start a How I Met Your Father? Oh, it looks stupid. I'm not going to it. Is it dumb? I haven't watched it. Is that Hillary Duff? It is. It is? Oh, okay. But I'm like, why are you rebooting this? I don't know. I like, I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll give it a try and see what it's about. Did kind of do that with, like, did Girl Meets World? Is that still going? I don't think it's that still one going. Failed? I think it failed. Okay. Anyway, um, so it's shortly after this that Frank is met by his first apparition. Yeah, I guess the first ghost, which would kind of be like the Marley Brothers in the original, but it's uh, his boss. And this is uh, John Forsythe, and um, I think uh, he was, wasn't originally interested in doing it, and then I think he did it as a favor to Bill Murray or something like that. He did a great job of it. Yeah, he's also uh, the voice of Charlie from the old Charlie's Angels uh, show. Oh, was he? Or yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he was also in the, in the show Dynasty and uh, in the movie In Cold Blood that Truman Capote had written in 1967. So some screen... Royalty there. Well, how about we listen to him? Let's do it. Let's do it. Woo-wee! That was a good one. How are you, kid? You were... Uh, would you excuse me? I'll make myself a little drink. I don't mind you hitting me, Frank, but take it easy on the Bacardi. Oh. Ah. To old times, my friend. Oh, my God. It's... Lou Hayward, your old boss, and your best friend. But you're... Dead. Seven years. Has it been that long? Jeez, I... I mean, to look at you, I wouldn't have guessed more than... Three tops. Oh, Frank. Frank, you are in trouble. Big trouble. All right. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that you're right, that I am in big trouble. What exactly would that mean? Look at me. Look at your future. Now, if you don't change your ways, you're gonna wind up doomed, just as I am. <coughs> One minute, I'm on the 14th hole at Wingfoot, lining up a putt. A heart attack later, I'm a worm feast. No, 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 no. You're not a worm feast, you're an hallucination Brought on by alcohol, Russian vodka poisoned by Chernobyl. 
I've been under a lot of pressure lately. I've been putting on a big silence! Out. I had it all. Ooh. I was a captain of industry. <sighs> Feared by men, adored by women. Ah, adored! Let's be honest, Lou. You paid for the women. I'm warning you, Frank. Don't waste your life as I did mine. Waste? How can you say that? You're a legend in this business. You're the man who invented the miniseries. Mankind should have been my business. Charity, mercy, kindness. That should have been my business. Don't wait. Get yourself involved. Now, it's too late for me, but it's not for you. You can be saved. You are going to be visited by three ghosts. Ooh, three ghosts. Three ghosts, Frank. Expect the first one tomorrow at noon. God, tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. As a matter of fact, the whole rest of the week is a washout. Ouch. Well, maybe we could have drinks, say, Thursday. You, me, the ghost, Trader Vic's around this four. This no like joke, Frank. This is your last chance. All right. I could squeeze you in for a breakfast. Ah! Oh, no, please, don't think I'm a suicide. So it was this scene too that also I like the music because it does sound like Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah. I think it is Danny Elfman. Is it? Pretty sure. Look. Um, when his arm when he sticks him out the window and his arm starts to like deteriorate and yeah. fall apart, I remember seeing that as a child as well and being like, "What the fuck is <laughs> going on?" And those those two things like stuck out in my mind. William Forsyth, man. <clears throat> if you want to, uh, I got a little. Uh, did you know? Go ahead. About Lay it William, on me. William Forsyth. Um, it was Danny Elfman. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, Richard Donner's the one that directed it. Um, the man was not only known for you know being a, a mega star and and is named by over a dozen famous actors now as their personal favorite actor. Um, the man also was uh, quite the Renaissance man. He had about twelve different hobbies that you could generally find him. Um, Doing uh, at all uh, yeah, times, yeah. Ac- you know, uh, doing. There's the word. I was looking for a verb. Doing. Thank you. <laughs> um, those include uh, traveling, flying, golfing, uh, art collecting, thoroughbred racing, playing tennis, riding horses, playing baseball, swimming, dining out, spending time with his family, and gardening. Boy, ha- he had a lot of interests. Um, he also taught other actors um, himself. He was an uh, acting instructor. He taught. Marlon Brando, Montgomery Clift, Julie Harris, and Patricia Neal at the same school. And um, I think he also was a teacher for Joan Collins, who also was his co-star on Dynasty. And that's kind of a renaissance man. Yeah, he certainly is, man. There's something else. Uh, oh, he also once, uh, before becoming an actor, worked in the same restaurant as a waiter with Kirk Douglas. I can see that. Yeah, they were about yeah, the same age. Roughly. He retired at the age of 85 after completing... Uh, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. So he did the he uh, was in that the, movie, the voice yeah. work in those movies as well. That's cool that they kept Quite the same guy. voice guy. The um so like when he when he pretty much tells him you're gonna be visited by three ghosts, your standard Dickens thing. Yeah. Uh, the the if the golf ball when he spits it out of his drink, yeah. uh, it bounces three times. And if you notice on the second and third bounce, it actually goes higher than the first bounce. It's like oh really? Ging 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 ging. <laughs> To kind of show like some impossible supernatural things. There was some janky stuff going on because it wasn't the door supposed to be steel. 
or some kind of harder material. And when yeah, it and explodes, like king, king, you, can you can see the, the inside of it is like cardboard or particle board or something or wood. And you can, and you, is, is, is this is the part with the hand, right? That's coming out to get them. No, the, uh, the big giant skeletal one. Yeah. That's later. That's later. Yeah. yeah that's, later. That's, that's the ghost of and Christmas then, future. And then the phone starts to ring or the, the, the dial, yeah. you know, like the keypad beep, 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 beep. And he ends up calling his, his current boss, right? No, he, he's oh, calling his ex-girlfriend, Karen, Karen Allen, Allen yeah. the one, the only Karen Allen. And, yeah, uh, Leaves a message, you know, kind of freaking out, like, hey, um, something's happening, et cetera, et cetera. And then I love the next scene where it's a, because the name of the, the company is IBC. Yeah. And it's like, you killed an old woman with your yeah. advertisement. <laughs> and he's like, this he's like, Great. is amazing. <laughs> you know what? Run the ad even more. <laughs> yeah, run it more. <laughs> Twice an hour. Who is this lady the photo? <clears throat> I do have a clip of like the dances where we meet Claire. I'm wondering if we should play that or not. Yeah, why not? Okay, so pretty much after that, he goes down to the Scrooge set um, to kind of just you know see what's yeah, going and on. You see how madcap and power hungry he is how he treats people in in the very same way that that an Ebenezer. I, I, well, this Scrooge. is this is when the the censor has a problem with the the like, oh the like, nipples. Like, I want to see your nipples. I think it's in this clip. Okay, uh, and then we meet Karen Allen in this also. <laughs> I am the censor, and I will not allow this costume on the air. Why not? Well, specifically, you can see her nipples. I want to see her nipples. But this is a Christmas show. Well, Charles Dickens would have wanted to see her nipples then. Uh, you, can, uh, you can hardly see them nipples. See, and these guys are really looking. You can go shake a tail feather. Thanks. And thank you. You can just go. Oh, watch out. Ah! Thanks, boys. Get the nurse. Get, get, get the nurse. Get the nurse. Make sure her nipples are covered up, will you? Lumpy. Lumpy. Hi. I'm sorry to just... Well, I didn't get your message until this morning, and I, I tried to call, but they said that you weren't you weren't in yet, and then I tried to call back, and they said that you were busy, so I just... God, you look different. Well, it's been a while. It's your hair. I've never seen it so short. It makes you look sort of grown up. Yo, Frank! Frank! I mean, Mr. Cross, uh, check this out, man. Girls are tough. It's on the money. Check it. Come on. Five, Would you excuse six, me for a moment, please? Can I turn her head? No. Uh, All right. That works. See? Little booty here for you. See? Show me a nipple. See, you just had to see in contact. Can you move her, please? Thanks. She gonna be all right? Oh, yeah, she's a real pro. She's very professional. What about you? You, you sounded like you'd seen a ghost. A ghost? You mean the phone call last night? I came across your number, and I just had to call you immediately. I know you, Lumpy. I know that voice. That was the frightened Lumpy I heard. Excuse me, Lumpy. 
Around these parts, most people call me Mr. Cross. I'm sorry, I'm new here and I got a problem. Oh, I bet. What? I, well, my problem is this little fella. Oh. I can't get the antlers glued onto this little guy. We've tried crazy glue, but it don't work. Have you tried staples? Staples? Don't you dare. If you staple that little mouse, I'll call the Humane Society. I'm not kidding. I wouldn't do anything in the world to hurt this little fella. Hey, Marley, Perkins. The road. I have three dogs and oh, a cat at a home. Oh, beautiful story. Tell Reader's Digest, will you? Staples. Same old Claire. Still trying to save the world. You still trying to run it? <laughs> hip-hop, hip-hop, let's go. Get out of here! You called me. Who are you, anyway? You little worm. Who are you? How'd you get in here? Well, maybe you'll answer some questions downtown, huh, my friend? What the hell is going on? This is my little boy. All right, you beat him. Does he work here? No, he does not. I thought it would be fun for him to see a live television show. You see anybody having fun here? Why are you so angry? See anybody having fun here? I hear you, like, ad-libbed nearly, like... Most of his lines. 90% of this. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty much Bill Murray being the Bill Murray we all yeah. expect and want. Um, Bill Murray and director Richard Donner reportedly didn't really enjoy working together. Mm. Uh, I think later in interviews they said there was no animosity so much so as there is like still like some professional respect. But they, you know, uh, butted heads a lot creatively on like how to do things. Um which I guess, you know, caused a lot of tension on set. And when asked by uh, film critic uh, Roger Ebert if he had any uh, disagreements with Donner, Murray replied, uh, only a few every single minute of the day. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, uh, uh, that could have been a really, really great movie. Uh, the script was so good, there's maybe one take in the final cut uh, in the movie that is Murray's, according to him. And uh, we made it so fast, it was like doing a movie live. He kept telling me to do things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf. Um, according to uh, Murray. And, and I, even some of the subplots, like the Karen Allen subplot, was expanded upon uh, at Murray's um, wishes. And I think also they redid some of the Alfre Woodard and her family stuff, which I think would have served as a better like emotional anchor for his, uh, his, his changing, his learning, rather than being, you know, the love of his life being the, the sort of the thing that like anchors him to his, his, yeah, his humanity. Yeah, it, sh it should be the kid, Calvin, right? That's yeah. the boy's name, and he, he doesn't speak. And um, I know that they get their moment at the end where he gets the Tiny Tim moment, but there really isn't much else other than him learning to not be a dickhead anymore. You don't really like see him like do anything special for the family at all or give them time off or... Yeah, did, did he? Uh, maybe I'm just missing a part of that. You no, know, he doesn't. He just kind of just shows back up. Shows on back up, all happy and like, I love you and blah blah blah. Yeah, he doesn't. It's not like yeah, he buys a Thanksgiving dinner right. for everybody and gives a kid a giant nickel or something. Yeah. Like, oh, I think he, he bought the crew champagne near the end there. Yeah, as well when he's like screaming at the TV or screaming at everyone. Um, doo doo doo. So then they go to the dinner meeting. So he's going to meet up with like the the boss man and then the new director or right. line producer that's helping out. Bryce. Yeah. And and this is where he pretty much sees the the first ghost is kind of coming. 
Like, yeah. we're kind of getting there. Something, something otherworldly is fucking with him. Is happening. And I think you even see, uh, I think in that scene, if you look closely, you might see the date on his watch reads November 23rd. If and that's when the movie came out. Right. Yeah. But it's supposed to be Christmas Eve. It is. So. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. The, uh, <laughs> I love the line when he's like, that guy's on fire. And he's like, you know, he throws the water on him. And he's like, oh, I, I thought, thought you were Richard, Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that joke it happened because Pryor accidentally set himself on fire while doing drugs or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was freebasing and oh. let himself on fire. Yeah. Because ah. even Richard Pryor makes fun of himself in one of his specials. Oh, he, shit. He lights a match. He goes, You know what that was? Me on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then we meet uh, the ghost of Christmas past, which is. It's um, David Johansson. That's it. David Johansson. Yeah, there it For is. For the longest time, I thought it was Benicio. It looks like Benicio yeah. a little bit. Like. It looks like they could be related, just because I guess the, the big eyebrows the, and yeah. the way when he's that not he talks. in makeup, though. It doesn't. You don't really. It doesn't look like Benicio. Doesn't really show it. And I'm not quite sure what clip this is, but it's. Um, I think it's when they're at the house when he picks him up. They go to the house, and we okay. get to. We actually get to see Brian Doyle Murray, who's yeah. in every Bill Murray movie. I think all four of his brothers were in this in some capacity. Were they all four in this one? Brian I thought it was Doyle. Just Brian. Yeah, Brian Doyle plays his father yep. in the flashback. His brother, in real time. Uh, or back in you know when he's not uh, when he's in his own time mm-hmm. is uh, also his real life brother, and then there's a guest at his brother's party who is his other brother. Really? So you have you have his three real life brothers in various roles in this. Bill's always putting his family in things, which is nice of him. Yeah, sure. Here we go. Jersey, you moron! <laughs> Take me home right now. <laughs> you got it, pal. Come home, Frankie. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> this is where I grew up. I thought they tore this place down. They did. Guess my dad hasn't put up our Christmas lights yet. Oh, for Christ's sakes, Frank, it's Christmas Eve. I get it. You're taking me back in time to show me my mother and father, and I'm supposed to get all goosey and blubbery. Well, forget it, pal. You got the wrong guy. That's exactly what Adilid Ahn said. But when he saw his mother, Niagara Falls. Let's get this over with. That was a great joke. I love that bit. <laughs> Quiet, somebody about the cops. Uh, relax, right? They can't hear us. They can't see us. This is not live. It's like a rerun. Check it out. See, here I am. We all drink our chocolate-flavored Ovaltine every day to help give us what we need for rocket power. That's the... The Lone Ranger. Smile. That's the. Hello, Earl. 
Here, Francis. I've got something for you. Merry Christmas. A choo-choo train? No, it's five pounds of veal. But, Daddy, I have Santa for choo-choo. Well, then go out and get a job and buy it, choo-choo. Ah, oh, Earl, he's only four years old. All day long, I listen to people give excuses why they can't work. My back hurts, my legs ache. I'm only four. Soon he learns that life isn't given to you on a silver platter, the better. I'm going up. <sighs> Baby, don't watch too much TV. It's bad for your eyes. Okay, Mommy. Merry Christmas, Frankie Angel. Merry Christmas to you, Mama. touched by a gift. A four-year-old kid receives what in today's marketplace is a 40 or $50 piece of milk-fed veal. Frank, you still spent the next 15 years of your life sitting on your ass watching television. Check the records, Chump. I did some stuff. I was a baseball player. One year, I hit the home run that won the big game. That was the kid on the courtship of Eddie's father. There was another time, though, that I was running down a hillside that was covered with flowers, and there was a beautiful girl, like 15, with pigtails, and she was waiting you for me, and her so parents pathetic. didn't know she snuck You're out of the so house. pathetic! That was the little house on the prairie! Was it the homecoming episode, A Little yes, House? Yes, it was the homecoming episode, A Little House. <laughs> Let's face it, Frank. Garden slugs got more out of life than you did. <laughs> Name one. Take me to my office. Gladly. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, then they bring him back to the office. It's like the holiday party where everyone's having a good old time. And he, he's just still working. Yeah. Know? He's like the male one. So two things that were cool about the whole scene. Well, firstly, before it even happens, when he's coming out of the restaurant and he slips, that was a genuine accident. Oh, really? He, the, the, I guess the stairs were slick from when he threw the water on the waiter. And so they just kept it in the movie. That was a real, real slip. Um, the street that the ghost takes him to is um, on uh, 41st Drive in Woodside in Queens, New York. And uh, as of 2016, that street and that house is still there, almost unchanged. Hmm. Um, and the, that specific address, is that house is still standing, too. Um, and the Ghost of Christmas Past cab is called the, uh, the Bell Cab Company. This is a reference to Belle, the name of Scrooge's first love in the actual Charles Dickens novel. Oh, looky there. Donner putting in some things for yeah. us. And so we see Brian Doyle Murray as Frank's father back in the day. And this is supposed to be, I don't know, 1955? Yeah, I th I, no, I think I wrote it down. I think it was 64. Well, I was doing, I was doing some math <laughs> with the in-movie the, uh, in timeline. So it says Frank, 1969, I think. 69? That's when he's with... Uh, Karen Allen later. Oh yeah, sorry. Older. Yeah, you're right. So this puts him up at about five years old. So which means he was born in 1950, and 
Bill Murray was indeed born in 1950, so Frank Cross in this movie is 37. I can see that. Okay. Right. Because <clears throat> I had I was confused at first. I was like, well, if it's 1988 and he's supposed to be a younger man, well, he is. Well, 37 is on the younger side, but he's not. You know, I wondered how far back. Because when we see the flashbacks, it says the 60s. I was like, well, gee, how fucking old is this guy? So that kind of it actually matches up in 1968, 69. His character would, would have been, been 19, 18, yeah. 19, 20. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because this is this is still the yeah. So yeah, it's, they're they're at the party. Right. He's working, and then yeah. when he when he ends up leaving the party, that's when he runs into Karen Allen, right? And you know, gets hit in the head. That's why she calls him Lumpy, because you know, is that when he goes into the homeless shelter? No, that's later on. Oh, okay. The, the, this is still the flashback of 1969. Uh, that's okay. when they first meet. The meat cute, yeah, as they call it, the meat cute. It's a weird. That's a real term <laughs> for cute. like when. Uh, two characters in a film who are lo- potential love interests first meet. It's called the meet cute. The meet cute. Yeah, it's a weird phrase. But... Yeah, say that meet cute. Yeah, you see it all the time in television and movies. Oh yeah, when they're like, oh well, these people are gonna. You know, when they oh. bump their heads. They both drop that old cliche. They drop something. They go to help pick it up. Head bump, and they're like, oh god, exactly oh. what happened. Oh jeez, it's a <laughs> oh. meet cute. That's called well, meet cute. I guess we hit heads. I guess we're gonna be together for the rest of our lives. Oh. Yeah, we meet clear, sore hits head. Yeah, and then, and then it, it kind of hops around the different times of like throughout their lives. Like, yeah. you know, he gets her what? Or, Usually Christmas related too, right? Because she he gets her or she gets him the Kama Sutra. Yeah, and then he gets her Jinsu knives. Yeah, Ginsu, yeah. <laughs> Ginsu knives. Which is an anachronism, is an anachronism because those didn't come out until the 80s. And this is supposed to be 1969. Well, yeah, I think yeah between yeah because because when they when they end up going to frisbee the dog it's 1971. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I got it. Uh, yeah, the Ginsu knives, as they're named, not the product itself, but as they're named, wasn't a thing until 1978, and and they were sold under a different name then, and it wasn't until 83 that the Ginsu knives rebranding actually, actually happened. So a little anachronistic, but it was really probably just a joke that 1988 audiences will be like, eh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah this thing cut through a whole can, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And as he's flipping through the Kama Sutra, he's like, I've done that, done that. And he's like, don't blow the ending for me. <laughs> yeah, a really clever line. <laughs> when when they do the frisbee the dog show, um, you know when he's yeah. frisbee the dog, uh, on the back of the set there's a there's a tree and it says uh, Dick plus Lauren with a heart around yeah. it, and that's after Richard Donner and the producer who is his wife. Oh, okay, so Dick, Dick and Lauren. Yeah, Dick and Lauren. So All they right. kind of added that to the back. And um, I think I think we do a. Okay, yeah, so that, that that's their breakup, and, and he remembers that. So then he goes out to try to find Claire again, right? And yeah. we see Elliot giving blood. Yeah, and then I have the breakup scene, so you kind of get to see the oh, okay. shift of like yeah. when he's like when he was young, he was happy, carefree, yeah, care blah blah blah, yeah. and this is kind of where we see like that shift that in character, hard nosed corporate, you know, executive coming out of him. Exactly. Here we go. Wow. Very good, kid. Very Thank good. Thank you. So, how many reservations should I make? Oh yes, uh, there'll be you, me, my wife. Now your wife's in Palm Springs. Oh, yes, yes, I forgot, of course. Well, I guess then uh, it'll be you and me. <laughs> and Frank. Frank, okay. I want you to have dinner with us tonight. You Thanks. and your girl. Claire. Right, Claire. And order us a stretch limo, okay. too. See you downstairs. Okay. Hello. Why, you're Claire. Yes, nice to meet you. Oh, hi, sweetheart. 
You almost ready? The president of the network just invited us to dinner. Oh, no, we can't tonight. We're going to uh, David and Kate's for dinner. We planned it for a month. Well, you can't expect a man like this to make plans a month in advance. We can have dinner with them next week. <laughs> next week? It's Christmas Eve. They're our best friends. It only comes once a year. Thanks, Phil, babe. Yeah, it is Christmas. It's a time to be a little bit less selfish, you know? Maybe if you could put my needs and the needs of the Frisbee show ahead of your own needs. I mean, I have been fighting for the integrity of this show. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. I'm sorry. I guess I didn't realize how important it is to you. Well, I'm willing to forgive you once in a while. I am. Frank, look. Maybe we should separate for a while. Excuse me. Estelle. Yeah? When is that limo leaving? Oh, right after the show. You know how he is. For a while and see how it goes. I mean, I, I know you've been under a lot of pressure. Well, it's been rough. All right, I'll try to come over later if I can. 15 seconds. I'll tell him that you got hung up. Mommy? So what I don't get is, you know, she's like, oh, he's a hardened person. But I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, if you're also dating this guy, shouldn't you be like, yes, you sh we should go to with the president. I agree. Right? Yeah, I've had she's the same being a feelings. Little, she's being a little selfish. Maybe he's know? not wrong, you know, but he's going about it the wrong way. Yeah, he was being kind of a dick about it. Right. But also. Like, but also, yeah, like, you know, there's more to, you know, you do, do you not. We'll we'll do a lot better next year and have a, a grander Christmas yeah. dinner in a bigger house because I'm going to go, you know, brown nose the fucking president. I don't know. I don't know how that shit works, but I, I felt like schmooze. she was being a little unreasonable. Yeah. Oh, your friends, gee whiz, we see them all the time. <laughs> you know, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> you don't often like see that. Where you know, like, side with, <laughs> with the bad guy. Yeah, sort of, so to speak. Also, um, in this same scene when we see their their Christmas Eve in 1971 in their apartment. Um, there are copies of uh, Rampart's magazine kind of in on the couch and in the area, which is a real magazine published from 1962 until 1975 and was known for being a uh, leftist government watchdog type of publication. Mm. And it's not the only um, kind of political message in this movie, which doesn't lean on it that hard, but you can see them in there. There's uh, a few free Africa posters uh, in and around, like in Grace's house. And it's funny because they, you even see it, I have it written down later on when they do the broadcast of Scrooge. Mm -hmm. There's like a free South Africa sticker on yeah. the, uh, like one of the monitors. And I'm That's like, right. okay, so I was like, this is kind Before of. Before the end of apartheid. Yeah. And so, so they were is, like, you know. Yeah, this movie was kind of like, hey, by the way, don't forget. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, don't forget. Shut, that yeah, shit's going forget. on and it's bad. Yeah, this is when he wakes back up at the studio, and yeah, we see Elliot at the blood drive donating blood yeah. and like trying to buy booze because he's like, oh, I'm gonna tell my wife and all that stuff. And, and I was wait I've been waiting for you to do the gold. Ah, come on, everything's fine. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And then this is this is where uh, Frank ends up going to Project Outreach. Um, yeah, uh, and you know, it, like he's he's like ranting. 
yeah. on the street. And so when he goes into it, they think like he's... They think he's a transient. Yeah, they think he's a transient. And this is where we meet calling Michael. him Dick, right? After. Yeah, I got the clip of okay, him. Like, like Dick, Dick, yeah. Because it's Michael J. Pollard yeah. um, who's doing that. And he's been in a lot of stuff. And he always has that one face. You can just you yeah. see him and you're like, oh, I know exactly who that guy is. So here it is. <laughs> I do love this scene. Let's go. To my wants and my needs, not like you. Let's face it, you treated me like dirt. Oh, Lord, another wild and woolly one. Honey, you look frozen. Well, let me come over here and let me get you a nice hot cup of coffee. And now you sit right there. I'll bring it to you. Robert, get up. Hi, Dick. Herman. I'm Billy. Ava. Ava. Oh, cocktail hour. Drink for Mr. Richard Burton. Drink up. Here, Dave. Drink, just for me. For you, Dave. <laughs> that dick sure knows how to live. Why do you keep calling me Dick? I'm sorry, Mr. Burton. Maybe we don't know you well enough to call you Dick. But after Exodus 2 and Night of the Iguana, we thought we had something special. So could please just do a couple of lines from Hamlet, please? Or the Sandpiper. Leave me alone. Do you see a pleasure for me? Please, Claire. Well, you said if it happened again, then I should come by. Well, but, well, what happened? Well, I have been thinking a lot about the past. And you know, when that happens, you start thinking to yourself, well, I've made a lot of decisions, you know. Yeah. And what would have happened if I had made different decisions? Do you know what I mean? Are you talking about regret? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about regret. Yeah. You know, the one good thing about regret is that it's never too late. You can always change if you want to. I deal with that every day. Okay, we'll deal with this. <laughs> I want to take you someplace right now and eat Chinese food. Claire, Claire, we got some huge problem this time. There ain't a fuse in the whole joint. Oh, no, there are fuses. I'll show you where they are in just a second, Hazel. The oh. A&P didn't send any turkeys. No. Oh, no. They were supposed to be here hours ago. No, why? Okay, well, I'll, I'll call them in just a second. No, can no. you wait? Could you wait for me? Just, well, they just... can handle this. This isn't a big deal. I mean, it's just some fuses. You go down to the hardware store and you buy fuses. Well, what about the turkeys? And the turkeys are at the A&P? Look it up in the phone book. No, no, no. It's under I, A. No, I and if you can't find it there, it's under P. I have to call them myself. I'll call them You don't have to call them. These are big girls, very big girls, and they can do it. Atta girl. I'll be right, I'll be right there. I'll no, be... clear. Please, fire these people. Them. Yeah, you fire them. They're volunteers. They're here out of the kindness of their hearts. They're volunteers because no one will pay them. They are incompetent. It's Christmas Eve. They're like this every day of the year. I guarantee it. Look, if you just just wait one minute, I just got to make the phone call. No, just, don't bother. Don't bother, okay? If you just wait one minute, let me just finish organizing what I'm doing. I'll come with you, Frank. Take the rest of your life. I'm going to give you some advice, Claire. Scrape them off. You want to save somebody? Save yourself. Oh, well, that's a wonderful attitude to have on Christmas Eve. That's a little callback that we see later. 
Yeah. Like the save yourself thing. I do like goes into the future. Them mistaking him for Richard Burton. Yes. Four more shots, more time. And he then he does his Burton impression <laughs> impression. And he's like after Exorcist Two and, yeah. and whatever the other one was. Who do the sandpiper? Just sandpiper. one of my favorite roles of Richard Burton's is his narration of Jeff Wayne's musical War of the Worlds, which is fantastic. And I put that on at work the other day and annoyed the shit out of my coworkers. <laughs> so like, what the fuck are you listening? And one to? guy was like, "What the fuck is this? It sounds like ABBA." And I was like, "It's very seventy. It's very disco." He's like, "Is this fucking Mamma Mia?" <clears throat> and, then, and then he turns back up on the set, and this is where I noticed there's like a couple Dalmatians running around. Like, yeah, there was a couple cats, <laughs> so there's like more. They're adding more uh, like animals to the set that via his producer or his boss's request. Um, and this is the like they start turning off the lights on him. Yeah, you know. And also, I forgot to tell people like Buddy Hackett is playing Scrooge in oh, yeah. the TV show that they're putting on. There's a bunch of famous people. Was it Throw Mama from a Train? Whatever that lady's name was in that scene too. Uh, yeah, she's the one that's like, for me, she's also the Goonies, right? Yeah, she's, I just said yeah. that. Uh, I just heard throw mama from a train. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of mumbled it. And so this is where we get to meet the ghost of Christmas present and the wonderful Carol Kane. Ah, yes. She is just... She's hilarious She's so good in this. Although the the physical humor in this movie, I think, is is funny here, even if the joke wears out. But the recurring joke about the sensor lady getting the shit beat out of her doesn't really hold up and doesn't make much sense to me yeah she keeps getting like beat up and <laughs> like needlessly she just she <laughs> hasn't like uh, demonstrated an un- any unlikable qualities other than just simply being a censor and i was like why did we why did we yeah, bully this because like lady? at the end like she ends up like trying to kiss the other producer that one guy yeah yeah <clears throat> well and she's got like she's all, bandaged all taped up, up. Yeah. and then she's in like a wheelchair at one point and a barrel uh uh runs her over it's um, the 80s. <laughs> there are a couple. There was a, a reference, I think, an obvious one. We, we kind of um, danced over there. Mm. When they go back to Christmas past, he gets in a car and it takes him to 1955, which is a reference to Back to the, back future. To the future. It's kind of an obvious one, but it's there. November 5th, 1955. All right, let's meet Carol Kane. Yeah. Here we go. Woo! Feast. Yeah, this is where they're at their brother's like house. On the Adams family, what musical instrument did Lurch play? On, on, on the Adams family, what musical instrument did Lurch play? Piano. I may be invisible, but I'm not deaf. Okay, okay, we're gonna say piano. It was piano. Uh, Harpsichord. Harpsichord. A harpsichord, James, you dope. Oh, dope. you knew that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> oh. Man, it's her house. We better give it to him or else he'll have his hand sheet sheet right. You shouldn't have given that to him. I wouldn't have given that to him. James, you forgot to open your brother's present. Oh, that doesn't look like a towel. What did he get from last year? Uh, I don't remember. I remember. A shower curtain. It was a beautiful shower curtain. I love it. A little, uh... Yeah. You don't have one. Well, what'd you get him? I'm glad. I don't I made this picture for him. He made it with his own little hair. Oh, sweet. I know something you don't know. I know something you don't know. I know something you don't know. Jackpot. 
your wow. basic top of the line Pioneer VCR. Wow. Wow. I, 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 he made this a mistake. Work. I didn't get the gifts you mixed up. My ex. Secretary you invite him to Christmas dinner every year, and every year he's too busy to come. And when are you going to learn? Well, never. He's, he's my brother. Oh. A toast. To my brother Frank. <laughs> I wish he was here. Were, Goofy. You're too good. To Frank. To Frank. Cheers. The richest man you know. <laughs> Keep the VCR. Oh, what the hell? It's only mine, honey. It's a write-off. It's tax deductible. I understand. Okay. What was the name of the boat that took them all to Gilligan's Island? Oh. Exactly. Oh. This is so easy. You gotta know this. SS Macro. No. Leave me alone. I know this one. Everybody knows this one. Let's go now. Yeah, does everybody know this one? Oh, Frank, we're fighting again. Let's not fight anymore. Oh, look, Frank. So, yeah, before he goes to his brother's place, he actually, they stop by his assistant's house, right. and they, that's when we see Calvin, we kind of figure out why he can't talk. Yeah. Because like saw his dad die or something like that. I think so. I think his name is also a reference to the president, Calvin Coolidge, because his name's Calvin Cooley, because I guess Coolidge was a man of few words. Was he? That's uh, what the according to the trivia page on IMDb. It's definitely a man of few words now. He's not around. I didn't cross check that yet. <laughs> Been gone for a while. <clears throat> and, um, Carol Kane is phenomenal in this, and uh, actually, she's phenomenal in everything. She she, she hurt Bill Murray. She hurt him this. quite a few yeah. times. I heard she had a rough time filming this. Yeah, she felt really bad for all the stuff had, she had to do to him. I think she. When she gets a hold of his lip, which looks gnarly. Yeah, she actually did like she did tear it. Yeah, tear his lip. Halted like production for a day or two. (laughs) She was yeah because I think she she said like Bill was like no beat the shit out of me like wow you gotta make it look good. And then when he when he wakes up he's actually like in a sewer, and we see Michael J. Pollard's character um, frozen Mm -hmm. with the like the with the like the timepiece of the watch and. I actually like the makeup for that. Like, cause he's like, he's like ice blue. Yeah. And he's, he died with a smile on his face, which this part and the next both are a quasi reference to a movie that hadn't come out yet. Hmm. Batman. Oh yeah. I can kind of see Cause that. Cause the next scene, um, <clears throat> well, first of all, Pollard's character dies with a smile on his face, like Joker's victims. In the next scene, when he runs into, uh, Bryce, the other director. Yeah. The other line producer he calls him a Joker. Um, which is a soft reference to not only the movie, but also the fact that Bill Murray auditioned to play Joker. Really? That would have been a very different movie. Very. <laughs> that would have been I a don't very think I could movie. see Bill Murray in anything. Has he done anything like super serious? I don't know. Like He's been in movies that are like, you know, toe the line between like drama and tragedy. It, yeah. Or dramedy. I, I've in watched, a way. I can't remember the name of it. He plays kind of like an old asshole and like takes on, like starts babysitting this kid or something Saint like that. St. Vincent? Yeah, like yeah. that was, I think, but really still good. But there's still a lot of comedy yeah, to it, right? I don't think he's ever really done anything super serious that I can think of. Even Lost in Translation, which is a serious film, it was still, still, his comedy still some, yeah, still some comic um, value from him. Yeah, so I don't think I've ever seen him in like a, like a hard charging, like fully impassioned, like angry, 
any anything like like hardcore serious as heartbeat kind of stuff. And I I don't even though the Joker is comedic. There's still like the overtones of the whole movie are still kind yeah, of dark I, and sinister and see, violent. I don't see Bill Murray yeah, playing that kind of character. That would have been a really different uh, departure. Michael J. Pollock's character is Herman. Yeah. I have that written down. So they see him in the sewer. Then he opens up the door and somehow is now back on set. Yeah, he comes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Barreling through set. And then this is where it hits <clears> the barrel and then knocks into the sensor. Yeah. So her, her part as a ghost is actually kind of short. It was really just him seeing his brother at his party. It was, it was seeing uh, Calvin. Oh, uh, that's right. And then the brother, and that's it. Because the, the two, the couples at the party were his brothers. Yeah. The one, Joel, John. Yeah, I just I saw I have it written down. I John know. is John his on-screen brother and yeah. his real-life brother. And then Joel Murray was the other guy at the party who wasn't a brother in the film, but is one of his three brothers. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. And again, there's like dogs all over set. Like, I keep writing this down. There's dogs all over set. Like, every time they yeah. go to set, there's more and more animals on the damn set. And this is where, like, Frank starts to, like, lose his mind when he goes to the when he goes into His the hair ele- gets a lot crazier. Yeah, and he goes to the elevator, and, like, the ghost of Christmas past yeah. for the, the TV show comes out, and he's yeah. like, oh, take uh, my shit. <laughs> He actually accidentally hits Alfre Woodard, elbows her in the face in that scene, too. Oh, and it's very real. Like, that was a real elbow bump. So people were getting hurt left and right on this because of how erratic Bill Murray could be. I think Donner said in an interview that directing Bill Murray is, like, standing on a corner of a busy street uh, in downtown Manhattan, and the lights are off, and you're directing traffic. <laughs> He's like, that's that's what it's like to direct Bill Murray. Well, he kind of just shows up when he wants to nowadays. Right, yeah. And I wonder... I wonder if that made it more difficult. I heard he is difficult to work with, like not in the same way that like Chevy Chase is, but he doesn't want to be tied down to anything like script wise or yeah. No, it's he's like just like let me play with this idea. Yeah, or you know, if you think he's going to be in your movie, like you have to just wait and see if he's going to show up. Did you did you <laughs> like hear about how he him. acts? How he got onto Garfield? He, Garfield's a piece of shit movie. Yeah, both of them. But he got onto it because um, the director just called and is, said, no, is uh, is Joel Cohen, but not Joel and Ethan Cohen of the Cohen Brothers fame. It was some other guy entirely. He thought it was. He thought it was Joel Cohen. Oh, Signed like a two picture deal or something. I don't, I don't know the full. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head with the information here. So double check that. <laughs> but apparently, yeah, he was just convinced. Or <laughs> I guess he thought it was one of the Coens and was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then, you know, once you're. Locked in, yeah. Contractually, I think that's why, like Zombie Land, it's like <clears throat> any regrets. Garfield, <laughs> Garfield, when he's dying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's like, give me regrets in life. He's like, no, yeah, really. Right. Maybe Garfield. And then on this, I think it's at the end of the second one. You see him like it's like Garfield three, and he's doing the press release, and that's when the oh, zombies start yeah. attacking. That's and, funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is where he meets the ghost of Christmas past. This and, is cool. Yeah, and this is badass. Looking. And this is actually the I call this the Elliot scene because it's mostly Elliot. Yeah. So we're gonna see Elliot comes in Bobcat Goldthwait, yeah. and he has been drinking and he has a shotgun. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. Here we go. Oh boy. None of me, boss! The guy you can the day before Christmas? Merry Christmas! Hello, rabbit. <laughs> Would you give me a running start? Sure. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. 
After that, because ever since then I've been blind, stinking drunk. Is you when you're sleeping? You gotta believe me, Elliot. I'm having a much worse day than you are. Much worse, really. He knows if you've been so big a for goodness sake. Gonna find out who's naughty old nice Santa Claus is coming Out! Oh, it's you, creep. God, aren't you supposed to be in the studio? We're on the air. Hey, back off, big man. That may work with the chicks, but not with me. Is this straight? May I? Did our people do that? We're gonna get phone calls. I do like the ghost of the of the future because like the screen the the faces like the TV screens like so and all the like the fun. lost souls in its ribcage. Yeah, and <laughs> the way I used to look at it twice, like, yeah, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's when the that's another thing that stands out in my mind from when I was very young. I think I only liked or remembered the like the scary parts, <clears throat> which might explain why I'm really into horror movies. I yeah, don't know. and before this, you know, he's like he's like, in his <laughs> office having a drink, and then yeah, this is where like the hand comes out from yeah. behind him, and the monitors kinda, and shit. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. and then it goes back, and that's when Elliot shows up and. Yeah, starts blasting the place. I think he does fire three shots at one point in the in the shotgun. Oh, really? Before he pops it open because it's just like a just like a double barrel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was a mistake in there. Was, was like there? bang oh. bang, and he does it three times and then opens it up to change out the uh, yeah the ammunition. And this is where he goes in and he sees Calvin, all kind of an adult, and he's in a mental asylum, which I kind of liked when he's walking through the mental asylum. Like everything's <clears> like crooked, a little Dutch angle. No, like like the, wall, the like wall. the yeah, like the whole like flooring oh. is crooked when he's oh. walking around, so it's like really obtuse and it's yeah. very Tim Burton esque the way things are. Very uh, German expressionist. And then we see Claire, <laughs> yeah, and then we see Claire, and she's all you know fucking uptight now because she took his yeah. uh, took his advice of the ruined. I ruined it. Oh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, she, she ruined her. I know, and you know, and she even says like, "Thanks for for doing this for me." Yeah, you know, I used to be scum like them and blah 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 and yeah he's yeah. like oh god then, Karen Allen's such a babe though huh? what is, she doesn't really take do much anymore she's she was in like the last Indiana Jones older, and that's about know? it whatever she's still a babe still a babe still a babe what else is Starman she? dude uh-huh. yeah she was also in uh, is she getting naked in something I don't know. Do I we, can't recall. Is she naked in Animal House? Real. Animal House maybe? Was she in Animal House? Yeah she's the one that uh, that Boone the Boone's oh. girlfriend, and he, she ends up sleeping with Donald Sutherland. 
The professor. I can't remember if yeah, she's, she's young on that. And then the cremation part. And this is what blows my mind. Yeah. Everything else, he's like, I'm just having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. Yeah. This is crazy. He's not really changing that much. No. It's only when he sees his death that he's like, oh, oh God. God. Yeah. He, you know what? I don't think he changes all that much. No, because it's still all about him. Yep. <laughs> he comes right back into the studio, starts pontificating about, about Christmas and what we should be doing. And everyone's like, duh. Yeah. I actually, I have fucking guys still you, out here. <laughs> do you want to hear the death scene? Uh, sure. I don't give a okay. shit. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Live your dream. Wendy? Be you. Oh, no. James, my brother, is dead. Why did this have to happen? Well, when I get back, Alan, I'm gonna... Well, there he is, James! Who's in there? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not find him. Make me lie down in green pastures. Leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What the hell is this that you're saying? What, that I've died? Why are you showing me this stuff? I can't do anything, Dad! Why the hell did you bother to show me this stuff? What you say? James, help me. my mind that like <clears throat> that's what's weird about this movie it just kind of wraps up very quickly yeah i feel like it just instantly yeah. oh everything's fine everything's hey, Elliot, cool you're rehired you want my office no no relax your office okay we don't have to have it yeah and then he goes down and like pretty much makes elliot take over the like the control right. room right like, i did i did write down like one of my lines that i like from him when he's when he shoots it he's like see that innocent window you don't want to mess with a guy like me <laughs> he just shoots the window he's like little innocent window so i'm, I'm wondering uh how if the, the 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 piece where he rehires uh elliot yeah. i wonder if that is a reference to something that actually did happen on their sets um i guess the studio was like nobody can have the day off for christmas we got to keep working on the movie so i guess the director fired everyone 
And then <laughs> rehired them after the holiday was over. That's funny. Just like in this, where he was gone for, like, a, what, a day? Yeah. If that. And uh, so many things happened to him. But in this case, that was just so that the cast and crew could go be with their families and shit. Well, that was nice of Mr. Yeah. Donner to do that. And I guess them. there were four copies, props, made of the woman with an artichoke painting from Pablo Picasso from 1941. Mm-hmm. They were never used and never shot. Um, but the four of them uh, were given away. And I think it's supposed to like hang in his house or something. Or? I don't know. We know we never see it, but like four were made, and those four were given out. I think Donner took one, um, Murray took one, um, a third person in the movie also got one, but the fourth one somehow went to Mel Gibson. So Mel, Mel Gibson has a prop woman with an artichoke Pablo Picasso painting from this movie that was never shot. Yeah, uh, you know if what? Anyone needs to know that you learned it right here on Duck in the Usher. So next next time you're at Mel Gibson's house and you see that, let you me like, see the hey, Scrooge. By prop. the way, where's the Scrooge artichoke? <laughs> I was eating some artichoke dip at Mel Gibson's house, talking about the artichoke painting, and then you know this is when pretty much the the censor kisses Mister Cumming, the producer uh, guy. And then he starts talking about the love for Claire, you know. Right. And it pretty much is just Bill Murray ranting. And, yeah. And that's why pretty much it's like it's not Christmas till Bill Murray starts screaming at you through the TV. Right. And so I wonder now if his character is essentially the same person, just a more aggressively positive person, like exactly opposite of what he was before. I think so. I think that's what it's supposed to be. And, and is that a good or bad thing? They never made a Scrooge do, so, no. <laughs> so we don't know. <laughs> but I do, I do like at the end, you know, because if you saw if you're old enough and you saw this movie in theaters, I guess you know, because he mm-hmm. makes like, oh, you know, the other half of the audience, you yeah. sing the song, yeah, you do that. That like, was completely improvised by him as well. It, I think he made a little shop reference there too, because he had a small role in it. He did, yeah. He's uh, in the dentist chair. Yeah. He's like, feed me Seymour. I was like, why did he say that? I don't remember that. Feed me Seymour. Yeah. Uh, and then at the very end of the credits, um, I just noticed that there's a thing where he, he comes out and it says Scrooged on it, and then oh, he, yeah. he wipes it off. Yeah. So kind of like, I'm not Scrooged anymore. I'm not Scrooged anymore, thing. which is a, what do you call that, a neologism? I have no idea. Where you That's take, a big word. Uh, neologism. Neologism? Neologism. I read it somewhere. In this case, you take a word that is a name, uh-huh. and you make it a verb. Because of everything that's oh, gotcha. surrounding the Ebenezer Scrooge character. If you were to be Scrooged, you would have had the same thing happen to you that happened to gotcha. Ebenezer Scrooge. Don't be I, such a Scrooge. And then it's like, no, you've been Scrooged. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. A neologism, uh, yeah, is the creation or use of new words or senses. An expression. Yeah. What, would, what would you rate this um, film? How would you duck it? I was going to say probably like two and a half. You're going to do two? Two and a half, bordering on three. I'm going to give it like a... There were points where I was like, okay, I like this part, I like this part. This I'm going to give it a four just because I like it as a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's just a nostalgia <clears throat> thing for me, I guess. Absolutely. Like 100%. And yeah. I don't want to upset anyone out there. Uh I'm not the biggest Bill Murray fan. No, but, I, I, but I, I also can, I can get don't that. not like him. Yeah, you know, I'm just not all. You know, he's good in like small doses. I suppose. I do. I did like Lost in Translation. He's good in that. I like Saint Vincent. I think that was like maybe the last thing I saw him in. 
Yeah. Oh, no, I watched the new Ghostbusters. That movie sucked. He's fine in... Um, I didn't really like it. Sorry if you like Afterlife? Yeah. I didn't see that one yet. It's just... It is a, a thousand percent nostalgia. Like That's it? Just yeah, it's just rubbing... Just jerking your nostalgia bone as much as possible. <clears throat> it wasn't like bad, bad, but I definitely was like... Uh, I'm glad I didn't see it in the theaters. Anything he's in with uh, Wes Anderson. Yeah. Those are, those life, are life Aquatics. I like, like that. I like him in those. Steve Zizou. Zisu, yeah. Zisu. So, for all you listeners out there, yeah. our next thing, we're not doing a movie next. What we're going to do is our Duck Dive Live. Yes. We're, we're coming back with a bang. We're coming back with a vengeance. The Duck Dive Live is going right. to be a resurgence yes. of that. So, make sure that you, uh, I know Fish will get on the facey bookie and post some things like, hey, will. what kind of questions you guys want to hear? And we will be going live on Facebook. And, of course, if you can't make that, you can always just hear it on the podcast. Yeah. Because we will just take that audio in. Yeah, that's going to be a whole audio episode itself. We haven't nailed down the day we're doing it yet, but once we do know, I'm going to blast the hell out of social media. And we have some. With, we have a giveaway. We do that will be given away to our <clears throat> patrons. So if you're not part of our patrons and you want to jump on that, yeah, right now. Um, um, and speaking of patrons, yeah, we we need to list out to the people. Not only is the show brought to you by these fine people: D Rock, Chrisky, Shea, Money, Voy Pronto, Cinemantha, Patty, Rios, Samwise, Stripes, and Timbo, um, as well as our producer AJ Simmons. We thank you. We're also sponsored by the good homies over at Copper Fox Tattoo Company. Um, you can find them in West One Ninety Two in Kissimmee. If you are in need of a, of some body modification, they are wonderful artists. They've been there close to. Or over 20 years, that location has been, in one form or another, a tattoo studio. There's at least 20 to 40 years of experience between the uh, the two uh, or three artists that are working there now. So give them a shout. Look them up online at uh, CopperFoxTattooCompany.co or find them on Facebook at CopperFox. Um, and we also had a second sponsor, and that was Shea Money, an artist in South Carolina who uh, runs Shea Money's Parcel of Pals. It's a seasonal subscription service where she will send out to you or to your gift recipient a box full of goodies um collected uh items from artists across the united states it could be candles books little knickknacks uh bookmarks it could be uh craft uh, jewelry um crystals and and all kinds of little knickknacks that you or someone you know might enjoy so it's a really great way to get somebody a collective things if they're generally hard to uh, shop for but also check out shaymoney.com for all of her other um, goings on she is an artist herself based in uh, anderson south carolina one of her boxes will be a special gift set box that we will give away to one of our patrons um, on the duck dive live show we're going to randomly draw from uh, a bucket perhaps to determine that winner uh, you increase your odds of winning that if you want to um, watch the, the live broadcast or you just simply want to support the show, go to duckandtheusher.com and click on the support the show link and it'll take you to our Patreon page. Thank you very much, Mr. Stenkamp. It's good to be back. Thank you, Mr. Fisher. And we will see you guys live in just a, probably like a week or so. In a week or so, yeah. And then after that, we'll we'll announce what our next movie is because we have a pretty good movie oh, that yeah. we're going to do. Since, yeah. And other than that, thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed Scrooged and we hope you are having a good 2022. That's right.